On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Monaco Grand Prix and the Indy 500. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me, thanks to the mighty power of the internet, is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? It's a nice sunny day as we're uh, looking outside, and I'm on my laptop today, so the audio quality is a little different, but hopefully everyone can bear with me. Gotcha. You sound fine to me, so uh, I don't think we'll have any issues. Um, but it's good to, good to hear from you. It's only been a week. <laughs> But, um, yeah, yeah, I always love doing these. Yes, for sure. Uh, lots of craziness in the racing world. Um, speaking of which, we do have a couple of major races to go over this week, so let's just jump right in, starting with the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. Uh, we went over qualifying last week. Um... I want to bring up the qualifying from last week just so we get some context. Well, we won't go through all of it, but uh, I do want to go through just so people know who started kind of in the top 10. So on the first row, the top three cars were Alex Pillow, Renus VK, and Felix Rosenqvist. Row two was Santino Ferrucci, Padua Ward, and Scott Dixon. Row three was Alexander Rossi, Takuma Sato, and Tony Kanan. And row four was Marcus Erickson, Benjamin Peterson, and Will Power. So it's kind of the top top half of the field. Um, yeah, so just we had going... some, some pretty wild predictions based off of qualifying uh, last week. We did. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end. But um, <laughs> our predictions didn't really pan out much <laughs> for F1 yeah. or IndyCar. Spoiler alert. Oh. But they never do. So, you know, it is what it is. We're used uh, to it. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping right into the race, Pillow got a great start and swapped the lead with VK at the beginning. Uh, they went back and forth a few times. Um, it was kind of just processional, uh, people making passes for the lead, pit stops, business as usual. Uh, until on lap 91, Kanan uh, made a great pass on McLaughlin and Sato on, uh, on the grass. That uh, was pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah, crazier for passes. Yeah. See, cr- passes yeah um on lap 92 the next lap stingray rob crashed into the wall as he was passed by graham rahal uh rahal came across the front of him and uh took some of his downforce um stingray rob could not hold the car in the dirty air and uh spun into the wall so that ended his race he was not very happy about it Um, yeah yeah, it's crazy <laughs> to see what effect the arrow has on those cars. I mean, granted, they're going 200 plus miles an hour, but it's always a for people in regular cars where you don't really get the arrow. It kind of really highlights how much downforce those cars are making and how much that affects their dynamics. Absolutely, and when they're on the the absolute lateral G limit on the on the tires, any sort of change in the arrow is just gonna cause massive amounts of problems. Yeah, especially when you don't have power steering. Yes, yeah, that does not help things. Um, after the restart, uh, well, uh, in the during the caution that uh, ensued after Stingray Rob hit the wall, Renus VK hit Polo in the pit lane. Neither driver DNF'd, but it did affect Polo's race quite a bit. He got uh, held back for quite a few seconds as he was he had to get restarted. I think he stalled when he got hit. 
Um, so not great for Polo. Uh, VK wasn't affected too much, even though it was his fault. <laughs> so yeah. um, got away with one there. Uh, he did actually get a penalty. I should say he did get affected because he got a drive-through penalty. So he lost probably a solid 20 to 30 seconds, I'd say. Yeah, that's that's probably accurate. Yeah. Um, but on the restart, there were a lot of four wide moments. It was a pretty crazy restart. Most of the restarts this race ended up being pretty insane. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of think Australia 2023 for F1. Yeah. It just packs everyone together, except the racetrack is 235 miles an hour. Yep. Yeah. People were not afraid to go four or five wide, uh, especially down the straights, but even into some of the corners. Uh, it was It was a pretty crazy race. Uh, especially the second half of the race, it really started to heat up. Yeah, it's a, a really good oval race to start watching on if you want to get into that kind of thing. Absolutely. I'd say if you're wanting to start oval racing or start watching oval races in IndyCar especially, uh, start with either the 500 or one of the Texas races because those tend to be the more exciting tracks. Yeah, you get the speed, you get the crowd just being hyped up. Everyone's just electrified. It's awesome. Absolutely. Um. During one of the pit stops, Colton Herta hit his teammate, Roman Grosjean. Uh, neither driver DNF'd as a result of that, but uh, teammates hitting each other is never something you want to see. <laughs> no. No, especially with... They seem like they've had a, a pretty good relationship as a team so far, so hopefully yeah. that, that keeps going forward instead of the effect of things. But there were a lot of pit incidents. Um, granted, it was a, a 200-lap race, so you're going to have a lot of pits, which is a lot of opportunity for incidents. But yeah, there are a bunch of cars that just you'd see them take off from the pit and crash back into the wall or almost run to their teammates. It was kind of yeah. a scary place. Yeah, it was, it was kind of wild. Like, uh, I noticed so many of like all of the drivers were doing these crazy burnouts when they peeled out of their pit boxes, which that, like they don't usually do burnouts like that when they when they leave. I don't know if it's different for the 500. I don't different know if they use different maybe? different tire oh. compound. Yeah, uh, but all of the drivers are doing these crazy burnouts, and some of them were almost spinning out as a result. That's how VK hit uh, Polo. Catherine Leger yeah. had a big moment, but she didn't hit anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of, was it one of Polo's tires that just started rolling away from the pit crew? Uh, I don't remember if it was Polo's. I don't think it was Pelos. No. It was, the person it was a blue got, car, wasn't it? I think so. Maybe it was Pelos. I don't know. Someone got uh-huh. uh, someone got a penalty. It was a financial. No, it was uh, Santino Ferrucci. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got a financial penalty and uh, basically a very large slap on the wrist as uh, went during his his uh, final pit, I believe. Um, his uh his pit crew dropped one of the wheels and it rolled across the pit line into the into the slow pit lane, and uh, that's a big no no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Granted, considering the place that he came in, I'm sure he's okay with a uh, a slap on the wrist penalty. Yeah, and I'm sure his team will probably compensate him for that, considering he was in the car and had nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I don't know, but hopefully that's the case. Uh, moving on, on lap 150, Roman Grosjean hit the wall. He uh, got loose, kind of same fashion as he did in Texas. Um, 
got into the wall and spun out, and that was the end of his race, unfortunately for him. Marcus yeah, Erickson. Lap yeah. 150. Yeah, it was three quarters of the way there. Almost made it. <laughs> um, I saw on Instagram today, he was, uh, he was riding his bike at IMS. Um, and uh, he, he was, the caption was 50 laps to go. <laughs> 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 so uh, that's, a, that's a long bike ride. That's, uh, what, over 100 miles if he yep. actually does the 50 laps. So um, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if he actually did that, but that was I thought that pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, on the restart, after they cleaned up Grosjean's crash, Ericsson led Newgarden and uh they kind of swapped the lead a few times award was on a different strategy and he he uh flew through the pack and snuck up on the leaders he had uh, fresher tires and um well i guess he had enough fuel to get to the end of the race but he was on a, t a strategy that gave him way fresher like not even not even close his tires were way fresher than everybody else's um so he was absolutely flying uh, Santino Ferrucci took the lead several times for AJ Foyt Racing. It was, I think, their best finish in, I think they said in like 20 years or something. Um, wow. He didn't, he didn't end up winning the race, but he had a very, very good finish. Um, really cool because AJ Foyt is such a legendary name in motorsport. It's, I was kind of surprised to hear that it had been so long since they'd had a good result at Indy. Yeah, I mean, when you're a newcomer to IndyCar, you kind of are familiar with like Team Penske, Chip Ganassi, Andretti, those guys. Uh, but AJ Foyt isn't one, at least for newcomers uh, around the time that we started watching, uh, that you really know about as a household name. No, but they used to very much be a household name back in the early 2000s and late 90s. They were one of those big teams like Penske and, you know, on that level. Yeah. Um, so... It's good to see them back doing well. Uh, on lap 183, Felix Resenqvist hit the wall, and Joseph Newgard passed him, and uh, same story as Stingray Rob took uh, some of the downforce off of his front wing. He hit the wall, broke his toe link, hit the wall again, went down across the track, not hitting anybody yet, but then he spun out, and uh, when he spun back up onto the track, he... Clipped Kyle Kirkwood's, uh, I think it was rear rear left tire, something like that. One uh, of the rear tires, yeah. Yeah. And uh, sent Kirkwood flying into the catch fence, sliding down the safer barrier. Um, that tire that he hit got sheared off, uh, and uh, the uh, safety harness or the tether that uh, keeps the tires on the chassis actually broke instantly. And the tire went flying over the catch fence and towards the crowd. Fortunately for everybody, nobody was injured. It didn't end up going into the grandstands. It just barely cleared the grandstands. But unfortunately for some poor person, it did land on the hood of a car. <laughs> yeah, the and, brave Chevrolet Cruze that caught the tire for everyone. Yeah, it did quite a bit of damage. So uh, I don't know how, how you talk to your insurance company about that, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. I did see pictures. It looks like uh, the woman whose car it was got to go down and kiss the bricks and uh, hang out with uh, some of the race organizers and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if it was if it was my truck that got hit. I feel like that'd be a, a pretty cool trade. I'm just saying. 
pretty cool trade-off, and I'm sure insurance got it figured out. They probably didn't have to pay too much out of pocket, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, getting to go kiss the bricks and uh, hang out with some of the you know the who's who in racing is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So after that accident, Erickson, Award, and Newgarden battled for the lead on the restart. Uh, Award made a very optimistic move on Erickson, which ended in him spinning into the wall. Uh, it was actually a pretty scary accident. I was surprised he got out of the car as quickly as he did. Um, he spun into the wall, ending his race. Uh, that caused a second red flag. I forgot to mention there was a red flag after the Rosenquist and Kirkwood accident. Uh, so with five laps left after the second red flag, the race restarted, but was quickly red flagged again after another accident on, at, at the back of the field. Actually, it wasn't quickly red flagged. They went around at least once or twice, uh, because the race then restarted with only two laps left. It was a, it wasn't even a green white checker. It was green and white at the same time. And then a checker, which they never do. They never have done. Uh, it's never been done like that, which is why there's some controversy <laughs> after this. Um, a little less controversy than in uh, other races we've covered, but yeah. A little less. I think it was, I don't think it was quite as bad as egregious, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so Newgarden made the pass on Ericsson on the final lap to take the lead and win his first Indy 500. Those were a fun last two laps. I will say that. It was. My heart was in my throat. I wanted Ericsson to win, so I was a little sad. But well, uh, I, was, I was absolutely really excited to see Newgarden get his first Indy 500 win. I knew you would be. I was like, Ben and I are rooting for different people right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually rooting for a ward the whole time, but then he kind of threw his race away. We all but, were. Oh, he was so close. If he was just a little more patient, I think he would have won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because he had like nine laps left when he crashed. It was he had plenty of time and way fresher tires. So, uh, can you can you imagine him taking that just black and white liveried McLaren? That would look so good all the way across yeah, the line. That would have been crazy. <sighs> awesome. Oh, there were a lot of great liveries in this race. Justin Newgarden had a good one. Uh, I like Scott McLaughlin's a lot. His was a little different. Yep. Um, yeah, all three McLarens had the uh, the throwback liveries, yep. which I think looked way better than the livery that they put on the F1 car, but that's just me. Yeah, the F1 car was a little disappointing, but we get to see it again big. in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, the results of the race we'll go through real quick. Uh, buckle up, because there's 33 drivers, <laughs> so... Oh, you're going to go through me. all 33 of them. Wow. Well, I mean, I usually go through all of them in the results, uh, but all right, here we go. Let's let's just Got get through speed. this. <laughs> um, your podium top three were Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson, and Santino Ferrucci. Fourth and fifth were Alex Pillow and Alexander Rossi. Six through ten was Scott Dixon, Takuma Sato, Connor Daly, Colton Herta, and Renas VK. 11 through 15 was Ryan Hunter Ray, Callum Eilat, Devlin De Francesco, Scott McLaughlin, and Helio Castro Neves. 16 through 20 was Tony Kanan, Marco Andretti, Jack Harvey, Christian Lingard, and Ed Carpenter. 
21 through 25 was Benjamin Peterson, Graham Rahal, Will Power, Pato Award, and Simon Pagina. We are in, well into the DNFs at this point, but I'll just finish this. Uh, <laughs> 26 through 30 was Augustine Canapino, Felix Rosenqvist, Kyle Kirkwood, David Malukas, and Roma Grosjean. And then rounding off the finishers, 31 through 33 were Stingray Rob, R.C. Anderson, and Catherine Leger, which it's actually Catherine Legg is what they were saying on the broadcast so i've been saying her name wrong this whole oh. time yeah so have i um oops i think i looked it up and leger was what i found but they were saying legs so i'm sure that's probably what it is <laughs> yeah uh, so my apologies it's but, the fault uh, that counts yeah exactly uh so we had 14 dnfs i believe that's what it looks like um that race lots of dnfs that's <laughs> Uh, approaching half the field <laughs> uh, but yeah lots of DNFs uh, one thing to note they announced on Thursday that as of this year there are no more double points for the Indy 500 oh uh, really? yeah so I was confused when I was doing my, my standings updates on the spreadsheets last night um, I was like wait <laughs> this this can't be right and I looked it up and sure enough uh, huh. Indy 500 is no longer a double points race, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, it definitely shakes things up in terms of where people are at in the championship. But it also um, doesn't shake things up as much as I was anticipating. Yeah. I mean, it, it changes where thing, where people would have been. Like, Joseph Newgarden, for instance, is in fourth place, and he would have been, I think, second behind Marcus Erickson and first if... Uh, points were doubled but instead Alex Pillow still retains his lead by like 20 points and it's Erickson in second with Pato Award in third, Justin Newgarden in fourth uh, Pato Award is very happy that the points are not doubled because he would huh. probably be back in 10th right now or something like that if uh, yeah. they were um, so that definitely changes things um, but, how do you feel uh, about that? I don't know I I wish, I mean, the double point seems like a lot because it mean I feel like if you win the Indy 500, that just like gives you a huge shot at winning the championship, which uh, I guess there are some there is some merit to that. I I kind of wish that it was more heavily weighted than just a regular race, but I think the double points might have been a little much. Um, but I don't know. I I kind of. I don't really have any strong feelings either way, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's probably the best answer you could give. It's very yeah. diplomatic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for votes for something in the future because yeah. people are going to hear this. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Newgarden won his first Indy 500 uh, of his career. He's been trying for over a decade. Um, so very cool for him. He's been very close several times, but uh, this is the first one he's managed to actually win. Uh, Marcus Erickson felt robbed as the regulations were kind of bent a little bit to finish under green flag conditions. Uh, they always come out of the pits, do a full lap, and then do a restart lap. Uh, whereas on the last restart, they just came out of the pits and went straight into the restart lap. Uh, everybody was on cold tires. Um, it had never been done like that before. So it was pretty clear that they just wanted to finish the race under green flag conditions, which I guess fair enough. But at the same time, if the rules had been followed to a T, um, they probably would have just finished the race under caution and Erickson would have won the race. 
Yeah, but he's glad that the uh, race wasn't double points. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so major Abu Dhabi 2021 vibes. The champion from the previous year was leading the race with the challenger in second. Uh, a back marker crashed out, causing a caution. Uh, things were accelerated <laughs> uh, against the rules. I guess not against the rules, but the rules were uh, interpreted differently <laughs> than they had been in the past. Um, to finish the race under green flag conditions, which massively benefited the person in second and uh, put the person in the lead at a massive disadvantage. It all kind of shadows each other. <laughs> um, but uh, I think... Abu Dhabi was still much worse. <laughs> that was yeah, that was for a championship. This is one yeah. just normal race in terms of points and uh stakes. Yeah. Um I just found it funny. I was thinking about it, I'm like, there's a lot of parallels. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway. I think uh, they'll get over I think they'll get over it. Marcus Erickson had a very classy post on his Instagram today, uh congratulating Newgarden and um telling his team how proud he was of them for having such a great race. I mean, second in the 500 is still very impressive. Yeah, um, and I think any of the top five spots, if they had won, they deserved it. Absolutely. There's no, no controversy aside from that. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of pulling for Ferrucci, too. I think that would have been really cool. That would have been pretty cool. Um, but speaking of Ferrucci, he did end up on the podium. He finished third for AJ Foyt Racing very good race from him he doesn't he's not really a championship contender at the moment um hasn't done super well on the road courses but uh he absolutely killed it all weekend he did really well in qualifying or all all two weeks i should say uh did really well in qualifying and then obviously followed it up in the race so um i think he should be very proud of himself for that um kirkwood and rosenquist had a pretty scary crash uh and the flying, the flying tire was kind of the scariest part of that for me, at least. Um, seeing that fly over the catch fence and not seeing where it landed, <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, I mean, I've been, I've been to the Indy 500. I went in 2017, and when you're not in the stands watching the race, and if you're just walking kind of around the outside of the oval, you can't see anything coming. And so, if yeah. there was anybody on the other side of that, they would have had no shot. Um, yeah. I couldn't imagine just watching a tire fall out of the sky. Yeah, at like over 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, terminal uh, velocity. Yeah, that was pretty terrifying. But luckily no one was injured uh, other than a, a Chevy Cruze or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but uh, very happy that no one was hurt. I, I wonder if they're going to look at the wheel tether system and see if there's anything they can do to make that a little more robust. Um but it's very rare, even even still, it's very rare that you see tires fly off like that. The tether system usually does a pretty good job. Yeah, um, yeah. I was almost wondering if that was like a something else failed before that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, moving on. Roman Grosjean still hates ovals. <laughs> yeah, has not had a very good history at ovals. Uh, he, he he tends to be pretty quick. He wasn't really quick in the 500 this this time around. Um, but he usually tends to be fast. But then he makes small mistakes, and small mistakes on ovals mean crashes. So uh, hopefully he can 
kind of get that skill set figured out. Because um, I think when he does, he'll be a real contender for the title. Because it's really the the two oval races we've had so far this season that have held him back in terms of his title contention. Um, yeah. Stingray Rob still having lots of problems. He is now DNF'd four times, I think, in the first six races or something like that. Um, he also blamed Graham Rahal for him crashing, even though Rahal did nothing wrong. He just passed him. Um, granted, Rahal's car just took the downforce from Stingray Rob's car, but at that point, it's it's it's, it's his responsibility. Yeah, it's his responsibility to keep his car under control. You didn't see Felix Rosenqvist blaming Joseph Newgarden for him crashing. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of the tough tough parts of the sport. Uh, but I think his attitude was pretty poor. And him blaming other people for all his crashes is not, not a great look. <laughs> considering he's got four DNFs. Um, but... I don't know. Hopefully, he needs to he needs to figure something out and turn his season around quickly because it's it's not going good so far. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. think he? Uh, do you think he'll make it to next season, or do you think after this season they're looking for someone new? Um. I think it really depends on on the rest of the season. Um, I'd say the next five races or so are going to be pretty key in his uh in that decision um but if he's i mean in the races he has finished he's finished last and so it's like i don't know i don't think he has a lot of time left to prove himself um like it seems like most of the rookies uh generally do better than that i mean benjamin peterson's having a fantastic season um and uh you know, Lungard had a great season last year, and I know you can't really compare people like that, but you also kind of can because they're all in the same car. And so, um, yeah, it's hard. It's been a really strong rookie class the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, so you can't expect a rookie to be, you know, absolutely stellar, but at the same time, he's finished last in the two races out of the six that he's finished. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just not not good enough, uh, and there's a lot of people that I think could do a lot better. So he's really got to, uh, you know, he's got to figure it out really quickly, or else he will get replaced, I think, by next season. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's enough of a bummer on on Stingray Rob. I love his name, but he's uh, not doing super well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pedro Award was impatient at the end of the race, and I think it cost him the win. Uh, he was absolutely flying. Definitely the fastest car on the track at that point. Um, he had nine laps left when he crashed out, and with only two cars in front of him, both within you know a half a second, um, I think that move, that crazy last-minute dart down the inside of Ericsson, when Ericsson really didn't have enough, like, have leave a lot of room there, I think that was a little overzealous, um, and it uh, ended up in him crashing out. So, unfortunate. I really wanted Pato to win the race, but uh, he was kind of the opposite of last year. Where last year he was too cautious and didn't go for a move that was probably on, 
uh, and it cost him the win. He got second behind Erickson, and uh, this year it was, like I said, the exact opposite. He went uh, a little too ham too early uh, and crashed into Erickson and <laughs> ended up spinning out. Yeah, yeah. hopefully next year he finds a nice middle ground and doesn't back off too much. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, the difference was between last year and this year. Um, this year he had nine laps left when he made the move. Last year I think he had four or five. So it was, you know, closer to the end of the race. Nine laps is a lot of time on an, on an oval like that, especially when you're, yeah. you're right there. Um, I mean, that's the reason Newgarden won is on the last lap, you want to start the lap in second place. Uh, they kept saying that because you get the, the slipstream and it's just just the way the way awful racing kind of works. You slipstream past the person in front of you, uh, and there's not much they can do about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but with that being said, Erickson drove very well defensively. He did every single thing he possibly could on that last lap. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately it didn't work out for him, but, um, definitely, definitely props to him because he didn't make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. And first place last year, second place this year. I mean, keeping your name on that top podium is no mean feat either. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so <laughs> I've got, I've got a couple of memes here for this, this episode. <laughs> this first one is the, oh, man. is the Shaq sleeping meme. First one where he's sleeping, laps one through 173, and then he wakes up, three red flags, many DNFs in the last 27 laps. Yeah, I saw another one, it was the uh, the Willem Dafoe meme where he's just looking up at the sky. It's like Snowball looking up at the tire hurtling towards it. Oh, yeah. I think Snowball is the name of the, the, the Chevy Cruze. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um... So uh, I don't think uh, we'll go through all the standings this week, um, but we'll go through the top 10. Um, starting with the championship leader is Alex Pillow, followed by Marcus Erickson, Pato Award, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, Alexander Rossi, Rama Grosjean, Will Power, and Colton Herta. I would say with, um, I think, 11 races left in the season, everybody in the top 10 is still in it. Um a lot kind of has to happen if you're between sixth and tenth, um, but the top five for sure are definitely still very much in the championship fight. Um, but uh, we'll see. I honestly think it's going to come down to Pelot, Erickson. Well, I mean, yeah, like I said, the top five, <laughs> uh, really. Um, but I would not be surprised if Erickson kind of starts making a push he's not very happy with how the 500 went so he might start being more aggressive trying to win races uh we'll see but i would love to see erickson with the championship that'd be really cool goes into salty swede mode yeah <laughs> salty sneaky swede yeah um but that's uh, all we have for indycar let's move on to the formula one monaco grand prix uh, we'll go through qualifying real quick. The top 10 were Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon in third, followed by Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton. Six through 10 was Leclerc, Gasly, Russell, Tsunoda, and Norris. Lando putting that McLaren in the top 10. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, that was, a, that was a big move. Yep. 
one thing to note, uh, Sergio Perez crashed out in Q1 and uh, had to change his gearbox, and so he started last in 20th. Um, going into the race, Verstappen maintained his lead on the start. Stroll, uh, around the hairpin especially, got mugged of several positions. Um, kind of fell back through the field. Stroll did not have a good race. Uh, Sainz hit Ocon on lap 11 and kind of ruined his own race. He sheared half of his front wing off. Um, but he kept going, surprisingly enough. He didn't pit. He drove, yeah, it didn't actually. seem to affect him as much as I thought it would. Yeah, he ended up driving about half the race with a uh, broken front wing. Um, Kevin Magnussen passed Logan Sargent into Mirabeau on lap 18. Pretty crazy uh, opportunistic pass. He got, made it made it work, and there was no contact, so good stuff. Uh, it was pretty much Monaco things, a procession from lap 25 to 50, uh, until on lap 52, rain hit half of the track, causing absolute strategy mayhem. Um, <laughs> people were sliding all over the place because half the track was dry as a bone and half the track was super rainy. Uh, so yeah, because you, you have that entire uh, covered area, the tunnel, where you just there's no rain. Yeah. Um, so drivers stayed on slicks for four or five laps, just absolutely skiing through the first sector. Um, it was pretty pretty nuts. Uh, on lap 55, or well, I should say, on uh, Alonso pit and gambled, uh, going onto the slicks, thinking maybe the rain would light up a little bit, um, and he had the opportunity to gamble because he had a pit stop-sized gap between himself and Ocon in third. Um, so if he didn't, if it didn't work, it really wouldn't have affected him much, um, and it did not work. It ended up the rain ended up moving to the entire track, and so. Everybody ended up hitting four enters by about lap 56. Uh, Carlos Sainz slid off the track and hit the, tapped the barriers, I should say, on lap 55. His car was fine, but he did lose a few positions. On lap 57, Stroll hit the barriers pretty hard, broke his front wing off, uh, and then slid into another barrier again. Um, <laughs> his uh, his car was pretty messed up was, after that. Toast. Yeah, so he ended up... Stop the car. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, yeah, just kept on going. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't actually know where he pulled off the track, but there was no safety car, virtual safety car, or anything. Huh. Uh, but he was also walking back to the pits, so he didn't make it back to the pits. I don't know where he put the car, but um, <laughs> uh, he ended up DNFing uh, on lap 57. The rain eased up a little bit. And the rest of the drivers kind of went into survival mode on the intermediates until the end of the race. And uh, top three on the podium were Verstappen, Alonso, and Alcon. Alcon with his first podium in Monaco. And uh, he now has more Monaco podiums than Charles Leclerc. Wow. But, <laughs> yeah, I thought this race, when I saw the rain, I perked up. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to get a different, like, a different uh, pole or a different podium that we saw from qualifying. Yeah. And there are all these changes and all these pit stops and shuffles, and then nothing changed. Nothing changed, yep. The more things um, change, the more they stay the same. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and actually, the, the top three really didn't change for the entire race, surprisingly enough. Yeah. The only thing that changed is, at least in the top five, they just got rid of the Ferraris. Yep. Ferraris uh, did not have a good <laughs> race. <laughs> 
Um, but they tend to not do well in Monaco, so. They haven't uh, really been doing well. That's fair. <laughs> Very fair. We're back to 2021 mode. Um, all right, going through the results. Yeah, <laughs> going through the results. Top three were Verstappen, Alonso, and Alcon. Fourth and fifth were Hamilton and Russell. Six through ten was Leclerc, Gasly, Sainz, Norris, and Piastri. Uh, double points for McLaren. 11 through 15 were Bottas, DeVries, Joe, Albon, and Tsunoda. And then 16 through 18, running off the finishers, were Perez, Hulkenberg, and Sargent. And then 19th and 20th, with the two DNFs, were Magnussen and Stroll. Uh, Magnussen was classified as 19th, but he, um, I think, uh, I think it was like lap 71 or 72, with uh, six or seven laps left, he retired his car in the pit lane. Um, but he did hit that 90% mark, so he was classified technically. Um, all right, so Verstappen had a really good weekend. He held on nicely in the race, ended up winning by about 30 seconds. It wouldn't have been 30 seconds if Alonso had not made the wrong gamble on his pit stop. In fact, I think if Alonso had just put enters on in his first pit stop, he might have had a chance at actually winning because he came in before Verstappen. Um... So I think it would have been really close if he made the right call, or if his team made the right call. Apparently it wasn't his call. Um, but uh, it is what it is. Um, I'd say Fernando was arguably the most impressive driver on the uh, this weekend, aside from, I'd say, Ocon as well. Um, he was very quick. He, he should have had pole position in qualifying. It was so close. But then Verstappen had this otherworldly third sector and ended up gaining like over three tenths in just that last sector. Uh, pretty nuts. Um, but very good weekend from Alonso, regardless. Uh, Mercedes had a good result, finishing fourth and fifth. Uh, good to see from them, especially with their new side pods. Uh, they do have a car that works well, at least in Monaco. We'll see how that really translates in Spain, because obviously they're very different uh, tracks. Um, yeah. Ferrari, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> we're just adding memes to the to the script as we're as we're doing this right now. Um, Ferrari had a tough race; uh, kind of fell back a little bit from where they started. Uh, Leclerc actually didn't have anything bad happen to him this this time around in Monaco. Um, so I don't know if the curse struck, but uh, he still did not finish on the podium. Still chasing that, the podium and the win. Uh, and I think he probably will be for a while. Bad things just happened around Leclerc this time. Yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, Akon, like we said, drove very well all weekend. Uh, pretty insane to put that car third in qualifying and then uh, keep it third throughout the entire race, uh, keeping Carlos Sainz behind in a very uh, aggressive Ferrari. Yeah, Gasly didn't do too badly either. He came in seventh. Uh, yeah. behind the rest of the top tier teams and Leclerc. Yeah. Yeah. Both, uh, both, uh, Alpines did, did pretty well. Uh, Gasly's really starting to get in touch with that car, I think. Um, so, uh, I think, uh, Alpine's going to probably be, uh, you know, the main, uh, contender for best of the rest getting, I guess it'd be fifth, um, this year. But, uh, anyway, uh, Perez seemed to be driving angry for the whole race. He was not happy after qualifying, obviously. 
Uh, <laughs> he was hitting everybody. It was like bumper cars out there. And Stroll 2 was also hitting everybody and all the walls. Um, yep. <laughs> both of both Perez and Stroll were kind of just... Um, people were trying to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of front wings lost. Yes, absolutely. I was surprised when Perez drove underneath Nico Hulkenberg's car <laughs> that he didn't lose his front wing. <laughs> then the radio message afterwards, Nico brake-checked me. Nico brake-checked me, yeah. <laughs> okay, bud. Brother in Christ, he didn't know you were there. <laughs> Goes for a dive bomb around the outside of one of the tightest... Uh, tightest uh, chicanes oh stroll didn't leave me any room even though he turned into him why do these <laughs> games keep happening to me yeah it's pretty <laughs> nuts and then perez also got lapped twice by verstappen that race which oof that's that's brutal um, yeah granted perez pit like five times but um still uh so second second meme of the day we have the calm panic calm meme uh, laps 1 through 50 were calm, laps 51 through 65 were absolutely insane, and then laps 65 through 78 when the rain let up was also calm and processional again. Uh, and then Ben, why don't you uh, describe your meme to, to the audience? Oh uh, yeah, yeah we didn't know where Lance still rent, so it's the, uh, the kid disappearing meme just gives the peace sign and fades away, <laughs> yeah. uh, just like Lance Stroll did, because we don't know where he went. We're going to have yeah, to but... start making videos for these things. We are. So people I, can see what we're laughing at. We sound insane right now. Absolutely. Especially if we start doing memes. Um, yeah. I. Uh, that's definitely in the books. At the very latest, I want to start doing that in season three. But um, might even think about doing that after the summer break this year. But we'll see. Uh, we got to talk about that. This 4K webcam to use somehow. Yeah. I mean, wait, what? all right so top 10 in the standings for formula one i gotta get going here because i gotta leave for work in like 20 minutes um (laughs) top 10 in the standings uh we have verstappen perez alonso hamilton russell Sainz, leclerc stroll akon and gasly uh in terms of the constructors championship it is red bull aston martin ferrari or sorry, Red Bull, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, Alpine, McLaren, Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, and Williams. Uh, Red Bull has a commanding lead, and Aston Martin and Mercedes are only separated by one point, so that will be a battle to watch for sure. All right, Pit Stop Championship. Uh, we'll go through the top ten. Uh, winning was Perez, followed by Leclerc, Verstappen, Alonso, Ocon, Sainz, Gasly, DeVries, Stroll, and Norris. Uh, those were our points finishers. Uh, not much has changed in the standings. Uh, Perez is still very much on top, followed by the two Ferraris. Ocon moves up to fourth. Verstappen's in fifth. Gasly's in sixth. Followed by Hamilton, Tsunoda, Russell, and Norris rounding off the top ten. Uh, Ferrari is winning the Constructors at the moment, followed by Red Bull and Alpine. 4th uh, and 5th are Mercedes and Alfa Tauri, and then 6 through 10 is McLaren, Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Haas. Alright, speeding through the uh, <laughs> Pit Stop Championship. Um, yeah, that was, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, 
Overtake of the week. I gave this one to Tony Kanon on his pass on Scott McLaughlin and Takuma Sato on lap 91 of the Indy 500. Uh, this is the one where he had he was going well over 200 miles an hour and went all four wheels off off the track onto the grass to make the pass on both cars. Oh, those. Uh, I'm sure Pato yeah. saw that and was like, "Yeah, I can I can do that." Some lots left in the race. That. That'll be fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Pretty nuts. Definitely. Uh. Definitely the overtake of the week for me. Um. All right, moving on to our predictions. Let's start with last week's and uh, the Indy 500. Why don't you go over your podium for me, Ben? Okay, so I had my podium set out as Polo, Lingard, and Ericsson. Don't ask me about Lingard. Uh, last time we did this show when we made the predictions, it was very late, and I was very tired. Yes, it was, it was I think, 11.30 about the time we were making our predictions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, my predictions for the podium were Rosenqvist, Ericsson, and Kanan. Uh, so we both got Ericsson up on there. Um, take that. Uh, but the podium ended up being Newgarden, Ericsson, and Ferrucci. Um, I think you uh, wrestled with Newgarden a little bit, if I recall right. Uh, but you put Lungard. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, like, and I... let's put Lungard. Let's keep Lungard in there. Why not? Yeah, and I put put Kanan up there, and I think he finished in like 16th or something like that. So both of us swing and miss on that one. Yep. Um, winning pit stops. Uh, it was technically nine according to Motorsport.com, but that includes the red flags where you're not allowed to service the car in any way. So I took out those three red flags, and the winning number of pit stops was six. Well, how about that? How about that? Ben got it spot on. I said seven, and I was incorrect. That was pretty close, though. You're 14% off. 17% yeah. off. I don't know. Whatever that is. Yeah, I think 14-something. Yeah. Uh, but, yep, so good job on that, Ben. Um, Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, remind everybody of the top five. It was Verstappen, Alonso, Akon, Hamilton, and Russell. Why don't you go through your top five for me, Ben? Yep, I had Perez, Verstappen, Sainz, Alonso, Leclerc, and Stroll was my dark horse. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think anybody predicted Perez crashing in Q1. <laughs> no. Um, my top five was Alonso, Perez, Verstappen, Leclerc, and Hamilton with Acon as my dark horse. Absolutely nailed it with Acon. How about that? Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, fastest lap went to Lewis Hamilton. What did you say? I had Verstappen. And I had Perez. I think fair wow. enough on both of those. Yeah, neither <laughs> of the Red Bulls had fastest lap. Crazy. Perez did for a while, but then Hamilton stole it, and then it started raining, and that was it. So yeah, okay, um, yeah. Uh, driver of the day was Esteban Ocon. What did you say? Very deservedly so. Uh, I put Perez, and I put Alonso. And yes, absolutely, Ocon did deserve it. I will say, Ocon won driver of the day by point nine of a percent <laughs> in wow. the votes, uh, and Alonso was second. So I almost yeah. got it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to our predictions for this upcoming week in the Detroit Grand Prix and IndyCar. Who do you have on pole position, Ben? So I have Rossi on pole position for this one. Okay, gotcha. It is a new track. Uh, it's the streets of Detroit. Uh, it's not Belle Island anymore, or Belle Isle, or whatever they call it. It's one of those. Um, uh, new track, so uh, I don't think uh, there's... 
much we can do to predict anything. Uh, but Rossi tends to be pretty good at street circuits, so uh, solid choice there. I chose Marcus Erickson. A solid choice. Yeah, he's gonna be, right. he's gonna want it after the Indy 500. Absolutely, that's why I was that's what I was thinking. Um, go over your podium for me, Ben. So I've got Pato, Grosjean, and Rossi. Okay, uh, I have Erickson, Newgarden, and Award. I uh, almost chose Rossi instead of Award. Uh, Looks like we both we're, we're both just really pulling for Award to get something. Yeah, I think I feel bad for him after this 500, <laughs> after how that ended. Yeah. Uh, but he's always got a good attitude, so uh, I think he'll he'll claw it back a little bit. All right, uh, winning number of pit stops, was you say? I've got three. And I have two. I think it will be one of those two numbers. Yeah. <laughs> the bold prediction would have been to offset yours by one the other way and just choose one pit stop. Yep, <laughs> one one stop race. That seems yep. unlikely, uh, but who knows? All right, Spanish Grand Prix for Formula One. Uh, why don't you go over your top five for everybody, Ben? All right, I'm being a little boring, and I've got Verstappen, Alonso, Leclerc in third, Perez, and Hamilton with Gasly as my dark horse. Gotcha. I think I went even more boring. And I went Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Stroll, and Sainz. Uh, and I have Norris as my dark horse. I see Stroll up there, though. It's interesting. That was, yeah, that was kind of my shot in the dark a little bit. Uh, but we'll see. Um, all right. Fastest lap. Uh, I'm going to say have? Russell for this one. Russell, okay. And I have Verstappen. Uh, driver of the day. Alonso. We both have Alonso. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible things, yes. The Spanish driver doing <laughs> Doing things. Spanish things, yeah. Yeah, it seems very likely, but we'll see. Who knows? All right, that kind of rounds off our predictions for this week. Uh, there's only uh, one more segment we have, and that is Ben's Words of Wisdom. Yeah, it's my favorite, my favorite segment. I'm going to have to start learning more wisdom so I can keep on uh, dispensing it for people. Yeah. But... <laughs> I was reminded uh, today, especially as, you know, there's farm track picking up where we are. It's Memorial Day weekend, all that stuff. People are coming home from the holiday. Uh, just making sure you add, you know, five or ten minutes to the start of your uh, commute or travel to make sure you get where you're going on time. Uh, and it would suck if you're, you know, trying to pick up your kid from school or something. I don't really know how that works, but... Uh, <laughs> If you were to be late for important things like that, uh, it'd, be, it'd be a big bummer. So, yeah, just plan ahead. Plan ahead. Awesome stuff, Ben. All right, that runs off our episode. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. Uh, helps us get out there in the algorithm. Even just a couple likes would help a lot. Not that we're begging or anything. <laughs> uh, if you want to see... No, not at all. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we might feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in a week to talk about the IndyCar Detroit Grand Prix and the Formula One Spanish Grand Prix. Until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out. 
See you later.